You're listening to the Fearless Kitchen Podcast. And now it's time to join your host, Vanessa Baxter. When I first arrived in New Zealand, I totally fell in love with this whole concept of going to a batch. So today's episode is all about going to batches. What do you take? What do you rely on having around you? What food uh, do you want to hang out and have to worry about on a holiday? And what do you want to avoid? The Kiwi batch is the holiday house. I assume it stems from years ago when it was called a bachelor pad and it was where guys probably went off to, to hunt fish and have time away on their own and my understanding from my local friends is that they used to be you know really typical little tiny holiday houses well it's not quite like that anymore you can find you know from your real seaside tiny little shack batch all the way up to the most expensive property you would ever stay in um, you know with the spectacular views and the crazy amounts of bedrooms and you can even helicopter in so the kiwi batch episode is all about uh, you booking your batch going for a great holiday somewhere in New Zealand uh, and that could range from beach to the middle of a farmland to the middle of nowhere uh, to the middle of a vibrant crazy fabulous little town like Queenstown Uh, but what I'm going to focus on is the food what to take what to enjoy when you're staying at a quintessential kiwi batch and uh, what to expect a little bit so I hope you enjoy this episode a little bit of fun a few little stories to throw in and enjoy Spending time with me because I certainly enjoy spending time with you. I'll take what's good. Ooh, 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 what's Good morning, guys. Welcome to the Fearless Kitchen podcast, the Kiwi Batch episode brought to you proudly by myself, Vanessa Baxter and worldpodcast.com. Many of you are listening from overseas, I know. So this is a real kind of local episode, but it might even whet your appetite even more than we already have on wanting to visit New Zealand. And when you visit New Zealand, one of the greatest things you can do is to book a batch. And the batch is the word for Kiwi homes that you can book and go and stay in for short to long periods of time to appreciate the local area that you want to journey through, have little adventures in. And when we first came to New Zealand, what I loved was it doesn't take very long to kind of get anywhere. You know, we are a quite a small country. Uh, and what we first did when we very first arrived here with two tiny little children, and this was the first time I actually lived in New Zealand, uh, not this stint now for five years, but about 11 years ago when we lived here just for a year, The very first thing we did on one of our weekends was to book a batch, which was only about 45 minutes out of Auckland, but it felt like we were in a whole nother world. It was amazing. And it was at Pakari Beach and it was just a shack. And this beach is the longest white sand beach in the country. It is actually privately owned. So you need to actually be on this batch or riding a horse through the horse riding school. There's a couple of other things that I think you can do uh, to be able to go onto this beach. But it is it just goes for kilometres and kilometres and kilometres and you won't see anybody else when you're on the beach and it feels like you are in the middle of nowhere and it was the most hilarious weekend because we had two little kids with us, two, our two little sons with us and it was 
foul weather and you know it was just like raining and howling and wind whipping around us and we sat in this tiny little shack and we cooked up our food and we played cards and board games and we kind of just sat there going what have we done you know what a crazy thing to do we certainly didn't do much walking on the beach but it was our first experience and in spite of it being kind of a crazy one we did really actually love the experience the fact that we could get away and have this little mini break albeit in a cyclonic storm uh, really easily in the sense of it was only 45 minutes away from home we'd been able to pack everything we needed into the car there were no shops or anything around though and that is the thing that I have found about Kiwi Batches as I've become more familiar with the country and I'm being careful in choosing where I'm going and why we might be going there, and we'll delve into that in a minute as well. Uh, Obviously, that is going to determine what you need to take and what you can hopefully rely on from your local area. So the great thing about New Zealand is that produce is abundant. You know, it's such a great country for local produce. Everyone loves their food. And, you know, if you're obviously in beachside or coastal areas, then you're going to get loads of seafood. If you're inland, then you're going to get loads of lamb and there'll be plenty of meat around. And pretty much everywhere you go, you'll find local farmers markets. And it's still that beautiful situation here in New Zealand that as you're driving along a road, you'll see a vegetable stall or a fruit stall on the side of the road. And it's an honour system where you pop your money into a little like post box sort of scenario or even a tin uh, and take some veggies and off you go. So that is so fantastic. So with regards to, you know, local produce like that, that you could maybe buy in a daily way, you pretty much would be able to find that wherever you go, unless you are deliberately choosing a batch that is so severely remote that you need to be super organised. But I guess my favourite places that I've been to uh, with regards to renting a batch here in New Zealand are also primarily areas that are well known for having beautiful produce because part of the reason I love to travel is to eat really great food as well. Uh, And, you know, it is a holiday for me, so I don't want to be completely stuck having to cook from scratch from morning to night because that doesn't really feel too different from my regular life. So here in New Zealand, I love going to the Coromandel. And one of the reasons for doing that, of course, is I've got two teenage boys so they can be independent and zip off and do stuff as well. So it's a really great opportunity for them and for me to relax. I absolutely love going to Waiheke Island and I could do a whole nother podcast about Waiheke and talking to Waiheke people. So we'll leave that for another day. But that is a fab fabulous place to go. And for sure, you know, you would take, if you were living in Auckland and you're taking your car, or even if you're just going on the ferry and you have an opportunity to take food and pantry items with you, you could take the basics. But my goodness, you can pretty much buy absolutely everything else when you get there, because there is beautiful produce on Waiheke. Another place I've been to recently was Raglan. Now, Raglan is well known for lots of fabulous seafood, for its surfing, of course, for coffee. I, it was a bit hit and miss for me food-wise, I have to say. Um, we had amazing homemade pizzas and things there, which was awesome. The coffee oh my goodness, was amazing. So if you know you're going somewhere where you can get exceptional coffee, that's always a bonus for me. If I know I'm going somewhere remote, then I absolutely pack my Italian um, 
coffee press. So let's go back to the beginning. What to take when you go to a batch in New Zealand? Well, this is also going to be very dependent on how much you're spending on your batch. And what you need to do, I think, is you need to get onto one of the websites that promotes booking batches, and then you need to have a really good look at the photo that they provide of the kitchen. If they are not providing a photo of the kitchen, you can pretty much guarantee you're heading to a batch which has got a pretty basic setup for its kitchen. And therefore, I would imagine you're probably going to find a lot of plastic utensils in a top drawer. You may find a couple of blunt knives if you're lucky. Without a doubt, probably a serrated one. I find most Kiwi batches tend to have serrated knives. They're actual chef's knives. I wouldn't rely on them at all. You may find there are some leftovers there from other people and that would probably equate to some packets of stock, maybe some salt and pepper, if you're lucky, a little bit of vegetable oil, um, maybe a few tea bags, but a pretty nominal pantry, especially if it hasn't been highlighted in the advertisement or if you're not sort of looking at this glorious picture of a lovely decked out kitchen with, you know, a little Nespresso machine in the corner. So just let's look at the traditional very everyday stock standard kind of batch. We're not talking about your thousand dollar a night batches that have got everything kitted out for you so you don't have to worry. We're just talking about your general everyday family batch that you would be looking at, um, you know, family four or five, having a couple of kids maybe joining you to be friends with your kids and, you know, you want to go and explore and do stuff. Like when we were in Raglan, oh my goodness, it was amazing. We got this great little batch. I had my parents with me, so... There was the extra room for them. My kids each had a room and I had a room. So it kind of sounds pretty big. That was a small batch, but it just happened to have four bedrooms. So it was perfect. And downstairs was open plan. So, you know, it was this really cool little open plan kitchen, open onto a living room, a long big bench. Uh, so I could kind of see from the photos I was going to be really comfortable in that space. What was in there? It was pretty much your stock standard you utensils that you would probably buy at a countdown or at a supermarket. So a pretty kind of basic standard of utensils, uh, a couple of pots and pans. So in that instance, what would I want to take? Well, I would definitely want to take a couple of really decent knives. So, you know, if you're going to go for a few days, maybe you want to sharpen them before you go so that you don't have to worry about it while you're there or take a steel or something. But definitely take a couple of knives so you're not worried about trying to chop things up, you know, especially if you're wanting to make a salad or maybe you've got, you know, your smashed avocado on toast in the morning or some lovely grilled tomato. You know, you need to be able to make sure you can cut through those tomatoes so they don't turn out to be a squishy, squashy mess on some grotty little plastic chopping board. Which moves to my next point. It's always cool to take a wooden chopping board with you. I find in batches, you know, it's always the cheapest little um, yucky chopping boards that tend to be provided. So I really like a decent solid chopping board. I probably don't take my seriously heavy, you know, Jamie McCall beautiful Jarrah chopping board that was made for me by my friend. But I would take at least, you know something a little bit thinner and more manageable than that. But, you know, if you're taking it in a car, who cares whether it's heavy or not? So, um, yeah, chopping board and knives. Now, if you've got kids like me, you know, they tend to sort of want to grab at food quickly, especially if they're in a place where they're going off on big adventures and things. And you want to make sure that, for example, in Raglan, we went caving. 
brilliant day. Oh my goodness, a whole nother story. It was an amazing day. But I wanted to make sure that we all had something decent to eat before we took off for the caving. We also had to take food with us, like a packed lunch to eat inside the cave. Which, you know, if you're on holidays, you've got to go, oh my gosh, you know, packed lunch. How am I going to sort out a packed lunch? So as long as you've got, you know, some pantry staples and you think about some of these things ahead of time, it's all very easy, really. So I would take probably um, a Nutribullet or a blender of some description that you could whip up a smoothie in the morning. Or if you're, you know, if you're on a beach holiday or an adventure holiday and you know you're going to be doing lots of tramping or caving or whatever and you're going to be using up loads of energy and you're getting back into the house before you're prepping for your next meal you know you've got kids going I am so hungry then always great to have something there that you could um, you know pack in some decent nutrients and fill them up with a smoothie so Nutribullet would be great. Uh, as I said earlier, I am absolutely, for me, essential start to the day is a decent cup of coffee. So I'm not interested in having a really average cup of coffee, especially when I'm on holidays. I want to sit and relax, probably read the newspaper or, you know, check out a website or whatever and uh, enjoy my cup of coffee. So in Raglan, oh my God, Raglan roast, absolutely amazing coffee. So it was my mission every morning to get up, jump in the car, head down and and get everybody in the house a decent cup of coffee to start our day. But if you're in a batch that is not close to a really decent place to get coffee, then um, what I take is the little Italian, I can't even think what the name of them is, which is very silly of me, but I take the little Italian like espresso machine where you put the coffee and water into the bottom. It percolates away and pushes you know, your beautiful uh, coffee through to the top. I would not worry about taking my coffee grinder. I would just be very comfortable in grinding some coffee at home, taking it with me and then using that um, if I was at a batch that was miles away from going and buying my, you know, essential cappuccino in the morning. What else would I take? I would definitely take a decent olive oil with me and probably a balsamic vinegar. So there you go, tick the box for a great salad dressing or for a drizzle on your toast uh, and on that note I would also take some butter because often I find if you are in um, a country style scenario or in a very small town and you're relying on a very small grocery style store often um, you know it's hard to get hold of a decent butter you're probably going to be left with some spreads and things and I just do not do spread um, I definitely do butter so a butter and an olive oil would be pretty pretty important to me. The other thing that I really, really, really love to take is some decent bacon. So I know what my favourite bacon brand is. I know um, how thick I like my bacon to be. I know what cuts I'm likely to use if I am cooking up bacon for breakfast versus if I want some crispy bacon to go on top of a salad or, uh, you know, some bacon that I might be chopping up to put through a pasta. So I would probably take bacon if I knew that I could keep it cold and get it to a batch. I'd take it with me also obviously far less expensive um, if you can buy it in the city and take it with you if you're relying on supermarket brand. If you're going somewhere like for example let me think Matakana. If you are taking a batch that is in the Matakana region outside of Auckland then probably no need to take bacon because there's some gorgeous markets there, farmers markets and beautiful uh, produce stores and you could probably go and buy um, bacon directly from a deli style scenario. So how fantastic is that? So again, you know, you need to weigh up where you're going and what is likely to be available while you're there. 
The other thing I always tend to take, I would take tins of tomatoes so that I know I've got a quick option for a pasta sauce. So, you know, for example, a bacon and tomato, I might take some tins of capers, anchovies, for example, and definitely garlic, and then um, maybe a couple of chilies. So then I've already know I've got, you know, a pasta aglio-olio, uh, I've got a pasta puttanesca, I've got just a simple tomato and bacon type pasta, and uh, imperative is some decent parmesan cheese. So there you go. There's a whole heap of really simple, quick um, family food meals that you could make just by having those key ingredients and taking those with you. And of course, wherever you go, if you can then top up on your perishables or your items that you want to add in because they're a local specialty or they are you know, beautiful, fresh produce of that particular season, then you can add those in and make them aside or add them in to uh, top up your meal. So that is cool. With regards to pans, I have become incredibly attached to my new Le Creuset fry pan. Now, it doesn't have to be that brand, but for me, it's about it being a gorgeous, heavy pan that I've absolutely fallen in love with that I use at home for literally everything that I would use a skillet or fry pan for in the past. And I also have a lighter version, which is their crepe pan. So from now on, unless I was traveling on an aeroplane, I would be throwing those pans into the back of my car and relying on those pretty much exclusively while I'm at a batch. With regards to boiling water or needing an actual saucepan, I'd probably put up with what the batch had. If I was traveling with a load of people or I knew a couple of families were likely to come together for meals and I would need to be doing rice or pasta for that many people, then I'd probably throw a stock pot in there as well. So uh, just to keep it really simple, and if you are wanting to take a big stock pot, pile it full, you know, pile it full of all the other things you need to take, whether that's cleaning cloths or whether it is towels, beach towels or tea towels or because I find, oh, that's the other thing that really, really, really um, is complicated at batches. They might have one or two one or two tea towels and you don't want to be worrying about tea towels while you're on holidays. You just want a whole heap of tea towels. You know, you can always throw them into a plastic bag and wash them at another point, but it's a pain if you've just got sort of wet, damp, grotty tea towels all the time, you know, for four or five days in a batch. So I always like to throw some in and I just buy really cheap catering ones and then they're the ones that I can travel with. So that's pretty cool. On that note, seasonings. I can't stand going to a batch and finding there's a grotty little, um, you know, blue and white packet of some unbranded gross salt sitting there. So I always take a nice sea salt or take my salt and pepper grinders and make sure they're full so we've got them for the whole time. Um, and maybe some herbs, you know, or a, or a uh, roasted garlic salt, some sort of seasoning that can be applied to meat. So when you barbecuing your steak you've got that to throw onto your steaks you've also got it you know to give a little bit of seasoning to your salad to your eggs pretty much to whatever you're doing uh, to a dressing you know if you add a little bit of that garlic salt in with your olive oil and through a salad um, be, can be absolutely fantastic just as a dressing on its own so that's always a good idea I find as well uh, now, most of this conversation, I guess, is assuming you're going by car, but trust me, it has been very funny what I have also travelled 
by playing with. And it's probably not necessarily been because I've been going on holiday, but more because I've been traveling to places and I know that I want to cook with kids when I get there. Either I'm going into a school to cook with a kid, I'm hoping to do a pop-up kids cooking class while I'm in the area. And so I travel on the plane with the craziest of things. And I guess in reflection of that, Why only do that because I'm travelling to host a class or to hope to host a class? You can travel like that with your family as well. So what I've travelled with uh, all the way to Dunedin, so Auckland to Dunedin on an aeroplane with 30 um, light mixing bowls, uh, 30 light ceramic chef's knives for kids to be able to use, aprons, tea towels, a few whisks and a few graters piled into a suitcase, all my clothes kind of packed inside bowls and in and around. Uh, it's not that heavy. It's completely acceptable by the airline as long as you remember to put it into your suitcase and not try to carry it on board. Uh, I would tend to always uh, carry my chef's knives and hand them over as a fragile item because I get a bit nervous about them disappearing. But uh, apart from that, you can travel with some of this stuff. So I'm not suggesting you travel with, you know, kilos of tins and oils and that sort of stuff, but you can be kind of clever and, you know, uh, repackage things into Ziploc bags or if you have um, a way of sealing things off and um, carrying them, then you can even do that. In fact, my mother-in-law used to travel when we lived in Indonesia. She would bring up fresh meat for us and have a caravat, or cryvat, at the butchers and then pack it and bring it up to Indonesia for us. From Perth, I might add, so not a very long flight. And uh, that was the way we got some really gorgeous um, meats and things in those days because it was very difficult to buy in Jakarta when we were living there about 16 years ago. So it is amazing what you can carry in a suitcase. In fact, uh, on to Jakarta, we had a beautiful Italian friend uh, who lived there as well. And he made us laugh because whenever he went back to Italy for family or business meetings and, and holidays, he would then fly back in to Jakarta with all his favourite produce, which was, you know, huge big quarter wheels of parmesan and olive oil and uh, prosciutto. And he was had us laughing at one dinner party when he was describing being stopped at the airport in Indonesia. And because Indonesians have a specific word for their basic pantry, and their basic pantry is rice and oil as well. So he flew back in from Italy and he was stopped at the airport and they were sort of throwing their hands around in horror at what he was trying to bring into Indonesia. And what he just kept saying to them in Indonesian was, it's my basic pantry, it's my basic pantry. And in the end, they let him through because they could completely relate because they know perfectly well when they travel, they always want to take their rice and their oil with them to ensure that they've got their basic pantry no matter where they go. And uh, he had us in stitches and I thought that was just beautiful because the Italian basic pantry of olive oil, parmesan and prosciutto, that would hold me in great stead as well. Uh, Another thought uh, on um, batch cooking, of course, often it's really difficult to get uh, bread. 
where you're traveling, you're likely to end up if you're in a really remote area with just some basic sandwich bread as an option. When we went to Raglan, it was amazing because there was a gorgeous woman who baked in one of the towns close by and she did a little pop-up shop in Raglan with her sourdough bread. So I discovered that pretty quickly and we were able to purchase fresh bread from her. And on Waiheke Island, loads of people making beautiful breads on there, so you can always buy fresh bread, Coromandel. Uh, I can't quite think back, but I'm sure there are some pretty cool bakeries. So bakeries are around and there are places that are known to the local population. So when we travel north, there's a particular Italian bakery. You stop at about the halfway mark. Um, if you're going up to the really, uh, to the far end northland of the North Island, you'd stop at this bakery and the car park's always packed with people with their packed cars and it's a great coffee stop and it's a great um, place to stop and grab your bread and then you know when you get to your batch you freeze off as much as you can because maybe there aren't bakeries in the local area but my other tip for you and this has come about from me posting on Facebook and just getting such a massive amount of feedback on this recipe idea which is beer bread so if you pack some self-raising flour or some plain flour and, and baking powder and baking soda, especially if you're in the States, because I know you don't tend to have access to a self-raising flour, you start from scratch, which is cool, but you need a raising agent in there and then some beer. And you need to keep your beer at room temperature and you measure out your flour and you pile in your beer and you just very, very carefully and gently mix that so it is just holding together, pile it into a baking tin, throw it into the oven and let it cook for about 50 minutes to an hour and you'll have a beautiful beer bread. So that is a great batch recipe because it takes literally two ingredients. You can add a little bit of salt. You can add a little bit of sugar if you want. You could even add a tiny bit um, of dotted butter or melted butter on the top of it so that it turns a gorgeous golden colour when it's cooking. Entirely up to you. You could put some fresh... Uh, herbs or dried herbs through it. You could even grate some cheese through it and turn it into a cheesy beer bread. Many, many options. Great thing is it's simple. And if you're not into like, you know, making bread from scratch, but you know you want a really uh, delicious bread to go with a salad for lunch, then that is a really cool idea for your batch cooking. So as I'm doing this episode for you, I'm thinking I'm going to have to write a blog post, aren't I? So I'll write a blog post and I'll link it to some of the recipe ideas that I would have for you guys. For if you are going on a, uh, on a little family holiday and you want a book batch rather than stay in a hotel because there are so many benefits to doing it that way. A, you can go backwards and forwards. You can have plenty of meals at your batch, which saves you economically. Um, it also just means sometimes you're exhausted, aren't you? You know, you go on these great adventures during the day. I'm thinking back to Raglan where we went caving all day. We were so exhausted when we got home. We were really, really shattered. And it was great to be able to have just the pantry basics there for me to be able to whip up a pasta, which is what I did. My mum was there. She helped, um, you know, create a lovely fresh salad. And we were able to have a pasta and salad for dinner, um, a nice glass of wine for me and straight into bed. But the option is there. Whereas if you're stuck in a hotel room, you're constantly having to pay for meals externally, which can really add up when you're a family. And whilst I am the first to enjoy going around and appreciating local 
cafes and local restaurants and wanting to understand food of regions, I also do uh, have to be careful. You know, you can't eat out all the time and sometimes actually you just get exhausted at the thought of constantly needing to eat out and it's nice to just have some simple meals in a family environment uh, inside a holiday home. Uh, And I know a lot of people who go away for a really long time, like they might book a batch for three, four, five weeks uh, and in that case you definitely need to think ahead about meals, what sort of meals do you want to have at home, when are you likely to want to eat out and if you can pack lunches and things and think ahead to that as well, you know you can do bean salads, you can do grain salads, you can do chef salads which is just pretty much pile in whatever you've got in the fridge and you know if you're a really organized person there's so much that you can do in advance, you know you can cook off prosciutto and bacon and things like that and have them ready cooked and ready crisp to throw into salads. You can toast off nuts that you can also, you know, throw into salads. Uh, Take some decent plastic containers and carry containers. That means you can take food with you if you're going on full day adventures or tramping or beaching uh, or if you're even thinking of going on an overnight camp or something. Definitely not my thing. I have to put it out there right now. I am not a camping person. I like my comforts. I like my comforts of a shower and a bathroom. And I do like my comforts of having some form of kitchen to work with. So that's me. But there are plenty of other people out there who would do it way rougher and be very happy. And that's cool as well. Uh, In fact, I traveled with my um, sister-in-law in Tasmania about a year ago and I noticed in the back of their car they actually had this really cool car fridge and I thought oh that is clever they go away a lot though and they go away quite remotely and I thought you know we have an esky as it's called in Australia or a Chilibin, as it's called here in New Zealand, and I'm not sure, probably an icebox in America, but they had a built-in car fridge that was kind of like a built-in icebox in the back of their car, and it ran through the... um, the motor of their car and stayed at a constant temperature so we were able to put in you know cream and milk and cheese and all that sort of stuff into their fridge and then in the car and travel for a long time and know that it was going to be perfectly fine when we unpacked at the other end and uh In that case, um, they'd already checked out the batch slash holiday house we were staying at in um, the middle of Tasmania. And so we knew kind of what was there and what we needed to take. And in that case, we did have ovens, but we mostly cooked on a barbecue. So we uh, tried to sort of think in advance about really good barbecue food to take and then all the added extras. And we knew kids would be hungry. So we sort of thought about baking up some slices and some bits and pieces to take for kids to snack on when we were tramping or heading out during the day. So I guess it doesn't really matter where you are at, you know, which part of the world you're at. I think in general, if you're going to go and stay in holiday houses and things, you know, you want to make the most of being there. You don't want to be tied down to the kitchen from morning to night, but you also want to sort of be able to, if you're like me, be a foodie, you do want to be able to relax and eat good food on holidays. So it's a balance of being able to be in a position that you take your yummy ingredients so that you know you're not kind of giving up um, your appetite for delicious stuff and then going, 
what was the point of going on holidays if I have to eat, you know, rubbish food? But you want to balance that with not wanting to be in the kitchen literally all day long, creating that really good food that you desire and you feel is right for your family and then miss out on the family holiday because you're still stuck in the kitchen. So you need to sort of make a balance of what works for you. And although it sort of sounds a bit funny to have lists and be planned, actually, if you just sat down with a cup of coffee or a glass of wine a couple of weeks before you go away and just have a think, you know, what do I tend to grab at in my kitchen? What do I like to know is in my pantry? Those are the things you kind of want to take. When you open your fridge door, what drives you nuts when you realise you don't have it? For me, it's milk and butter, eggs and bacon, because I know I can pretty much put together a meal with that. I love to have lemons around. I like to be able to open my vegetable drawers and know that I've got probably some shallots, some carrots, uh, celery less important for me, but you know it's always a good base for a sauce. But I'm probably not going to be worried about that on a holiday. Uh, tomatoes imperative for me to have tomatoes around because I feel that add to any dish as well. You know, even an omelette for dinner or a frittata. If you've got some uh, bacon, some zucchini, some tomatoes, some cheese, and some eggs you've got plenty of meals just sitting in that little uh, selection of ingredients. A couple of tins of things or some dried beans if you're happy to think ahead each day and soak them. Uh, definitely your eggs, your olive oil, some salt and pepper, you are set. So just get yourself thinking in that vein and then suddenly your whole world opens up for travel. And even if you're flying in to a country and you're traveling internationally and you can't take food items, when you land, maybe have one day in the big city before you head out in the car. And I've even done that initially. You know, we've landed, we've spent one night in Florence before we've taken the hire car to head off into the unknown excitement of journeying through Italy by car. And while I'm in that main city for the day, I'll try to find a supermarket and I'll just get some basics like, you know, the olive oil, the flour, the bits and pieces I know are a really good start and it won't matter where we stay because I've done the batch thing in Italy as well which is obviously not called a batch uh, but we've rented little houses as we've travelled around uh, some of them you know in the walls of a castle an hour and a bit outside of Siena for example where there is literally nothing nearby and you're going to have to travel into Siena to top up on supplies so in that case you know trained into Siena collected the supplies and then bussed out or, or drove out to the little place that we were staying at and you know that you've immediately got several meals up your sleeves just in case you can't be bothered leaving in the next few days so I hope that this was really helpful for you guys I hope that the beginning in chatting around around the New Zealand batch concept will inspire you if you are in New Zealand and you don't tend to do the batch thing or you're a bit nervous about doing the batch thing to maybe you know jump onto a website and take a little look and see what sort of batch holiday you could cook up for your family cook up you like that uh, or if you're overseas and you're thinking oh a New Zealand holiday would be good you know where should we go and what should we do if you need any help or advice or you want to know any further tips or tricks, then just send me an email, vanessa at thefearlesskitchen.co.nz. Otherwise, jump on my website, uh, which, you know, I've got 
two going at the moment. Uh, it all points to the same thing. So vanessabaxter.co.nz or thefearlesskitchen.co.nz. And just touch base with me and let me know what would be helpful for you. Uh, you know, would you like me to create a list of some essential pantry items that could be great for holidays? Would you like me to give you a rundown of some of the places, some of the websites where you can look for some batches in New Zealand, top trips for travel, uh, what to, how to pack your car, what utensils and pans would be ideal to take and what meals they would match with. So let me know because I'm really happy to help out, but I just need to, need to know what my listeners are after. That would be amazing to hear from you also because it's always lovely to hear from people who have listened uh, into an episode and which ones they've loved. Big shout out to Claire who emailed me this week and said that she's absolutely loving my solo episodes and she particularly loved the one around how to cook with kids and getting kids into the kitchen. So thanks for sharing that feedback. It's so exciting to know that I've inspired someone and I know that she's posted that episode through a group that she has on Facebook and has uh, encouraged other people to listen in as well because she thought it was really valuable. And I'll be doing a whole heap more on cooking with kids and some of my ideas and philosophies around getting kids into a routine and eating, not worrying so much about feeding them with information but uh, you taking on board the information, encouraging a really positive environment in the home to get them eating well um, without them having to be too conscious of what that means, but just enjoying the process with you. Anyway, that's probably enough chittery chat from me today. Again, thanks for listening in. Thanks for hanging around with me here on The Fearless Kitchen. Huge thanks again to worldpodcasts.com. And guys... Hang in there because next month I have the launch of my cookbook, The Fearless Kitchen, beyond excited. It will be the beginning of August here in New Zealand, the end of August that I'm launching in Singapore. Cannot believe it. So, so, so excited. So thanks for being here and sharing on that journey. And I look forward to touching you again, uh, touching you, touching in with you uh, next week. Bye. Oh, 